Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrew podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Head of Market Strategy here at eBrew, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Senior Market Analyst Roman Zuruk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of FX Talk. And once again, you join us during yet another busy period in financial markets since our last episode a couple of weeks ago. There's been no shortage of political announcements, central bank decisions, or major macroeconomic data, which has led to heightened volatility in the FX market. In the UK, since our last episode, Liz Truss has resigned, replaced by former Chancellor Rishi Sunak. Markets have greeted that positively as Sunak is seen as a safe pair of hands, particularly for the UK economy, given his relatively successful stint as Chancellor. The US dollar sold off, extending its retreat from its 20-year highs as markets dulled back bets in favour of Fed rate hikes. But, as we'll talk about shortly, these bets have been reversed and the US dollar is trading much higher in the past couple of sessions, particularly following Wednesday's Federal Reserve meeting. Fears over the European energy crisis have continued to ease. Uh, The worst case scenarios now appear likely to be avoided. EU natural gas prices have fallen sharply as a result. And this has generally supported most European currencies in the past couple of weeks or so. We've also had the small matter of the G3 central bank meetings, which is what we're going to be focusing largely on today. And we're going to go through them in chronological order, starting with last Thursday's ECB meeting. The European Central Bank raised interest rates by 75 basis points, as expected. But the overall message was dovish. The Governing Council dropped the language when referring to rates that they would need to raise over the next several meetings in favour of expecting rates to merely rise further. There was no QT announcement, quantitative tightening, nor do we expect there to be. President Lagarde also warned that the European economy was set to decelerate during the rest of the year. Overall, this provided little assistance for the euro, which has actually struggled against most currencies in the past couple of weeks and remains pinned below the parity level against the US dollar. But what do you guys make of last week's ECB announcement, uh, particularly, of course, the impact on the euro? I mean, I think that is part of a trend that we're seeing and that has been confirmed this week, which is a, a bit of a divergence between the Federal Reserve and most of the other G10 central banks, right? Um, the Federal Reserve yesterday confirms that uh, it remains on the warpath against inflation, while some of the peripheral G10 countries like uh, Australia, uh, Canada, uh, Yesterday, the, I mean, today, the Northwest Bank and the Bank of England have have bas- are basically blinking at the prospects of of uh, rising rates into a declining uh, growth and the potential of a recession. Uh, and I think the ECB is is by far the the most important dovish central bank in this trend. I think that it's 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 the ECB as most G10 banks is being uh, too relaxed about the prospects for inflation. Uh, this, I'm, I'm, I'm a little puzzled by the idea that the ECB thinks it has more room than the Fed when it comes to uh, to uh, to rates. Given that 
unlike the U.S., core inflation in the eurozone continues to to increase with uh, no no hint of even a stabilization in the horizon. And in fact, the inflation number right after the uh, the meeting uh, essentially was a bit of a, I thought it was a bit of an embarrassment to have such a inflation blowout so soon after a, a dovish message. Yeah, with regard to the ECB, I think that it was a mixed bag. So we had a dovish accent in the statement. Um, but overall, uh, I don't think that the message was super dovish. Uh, definitely not uh, as dovish as today's message from the Bank of England, but we'll talk about it later. I think that they're going to keep hiking uh, and the data is supporting this approach. As you said, core inflation continues to go up. Uh, inflation overall uh, as well. In October, it showed up to 10.7%, uh, dramatic increase in inflation, current inflation at 5%, uh, also the highest on record. So I think that in this environment with the data like this, mm, they're bound to high rates uh, continuously. And if we look at the uh, market, I think that it overreacted uh, to the meeting. Uh, if we see the market pricing for interest rates from the ECB, I think it largely returned to around 3%. Uh, so in, in this regard, it uh, corrected after the mm, decline following the meeting. Uh, nonetheless, the euro still remains weak. I think that going forward, there is uh, every reason to, to believe that the euro will, will move up. And I think that European Central Bank is typically and often viewed as dovish. There's always uh, there's also an instance with the ECB and that they have some issues with communications. Uh, so I think that uh, perhaps they didn't want to sound as dovish as they did. Um, and yeah, but we are, we are going to see it in the coming months. I would still think that the euro should move up and that the ECB should continue hiking perhaps even more than the market is pricing in. I agree with you guys. And, and yeah, and the ECB is an interesting one because they, they almost always appear quite reluctant to raise interest rates, even at the best of times, which I also struggle to understand in the current environment. You know, last week, they appeared to seem quite keen for the market not to get too carried away of itself. And the tweak we saw in the, the statement was pretty meaningful. Having said that, and as you guys have already mentioned, no peak in inflation just yet, still at record levels, you would think that more hikes are on the way, as we've been saying, and perhaps a deeper hiking cycle than maybe even the bank is making out at the moment. We're going to move on now and talk about Wednesday's FOMC meeting and the Fed delivered a pretty hawkish announcement. Rates were up 75 basis points to a range between 3.75 to 4%, the fourth consecutive rate increase of that magnitude. Chair Powell's press conference Delivered mixed messages for financial markets, but overall, the message was a hawkish one. In the statement, the, the bank said that it expects to continue raising interest rates. No surprises there. But also it mentioned that in determining the pace of future hikes, it would take into account what it said was lags with which monetary policy affects economic activity and inflation. This was perceived by markets as dovish. The most important takeaway we think, though, was Powell's comments that it would be very premature to start thinking about pausing the hike cycle. Powell also said that the ultimate level where the Fed expects to end the hike cycle would now be higher than previously expected, which is clearly a very hawkish statement. Markets reacted by pricing in higher Fed rates deeper into next year. 
the, the dollar initially sold off by around 1% following the statement, but it, it did open London trading on Thursday around about 1% higher than where it was prior to the FOMC announcement. Uh, again, over to you both. Um, what are your thoughts following Wednesday's Fed meeting and, and what do you think this means for interest rates? And of course, more importantly for us, the US dollar. I mean, yeah, I was a bit head fake by, uh, by the Fed yesterday when the first statement came out. Um, they mentioned uh, some concern about the lags with which monetary policy acts on the economy and the fact that you know, rates have risen in the US by a lot, albeit from very low levels. But then Chair Powell uh, dispelled any notions that uh, this was that the beginning of that Fed pivot that markets have been waiting for. Uh, clearly, they continue to be worried about inflation. They do not think rates are too high, definitely do not think, unlike central banks elsewhere, they appear much less concerned that uh, the economy may not be able to function under what I would consider to be normal rates. They definitely do not seem concerned about that at all. And and they went as far as, I've ever, as, as I remember them going in telling markets that their, their expectations for the terminal rate of Federal Reserve funds next year are too low. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have a lot to add to what uh, Matthew said. This is an unambiguously hawkish statement. And like I said before, it's, we're starting to see a significant gap develop between the attitude of the U.S. Central Bank and that of most other G10 countries. Yeah, I really like the comment that I read somewhere that there was indeed a pivot from the Fed, but it was a, a 360 degree pivot instead of 180. And uh, I think that, uh, as you said, and as Matthew uh, mentioned, that there it was a hawkish message, uh, no doubt about it. Um, they are going to hike uh, for longer. Uh, however, I still would uh, think that they are going to remain data dependent. Right now, uh, the U.S. data comes out mixed. Uh, so we have uh, core inflation that supports raising interest rates. Uh, however, and we have strong labor market in the US. However, at the same time, we have deterioration in the housing data. We have deterioration in some business activity numbers. Uh, so I think that if we are going to get increasingly worse economic numbers, and particularly if something is uh, going to start to break into labor market, uh, then uh, increasing number of uh, Fed members will not be uh, super comfortable with aggressive interest rate hikes. So I think that uh, perhaps it doesn't change uh, as much. Uh, and we are talking only about perhaps a, a 25 basis point difference uh, versus what we had before the meeting with regard to um, the rates that we are going to have uh, early next year. I think that's a good point. Um, and yeah, what we've been saying, a very hawkish message indeed. And I think what we can certainly agree on is a clear statement um, from the Fed to markets that is committed and remains committed to bringing down inflation. Uh, ultimately, though, I think we could see a return to a, to a 50 basis point hike in December. I think we probably will get that. Um, but we are going to see two things, as we've been talking about. I mean, first of all, we will see a higher terminal rate or likely see a higher terminal rate next year than what we had previously expected and what the Fed had outlined in its dot plot. And secondly, we're going to see higher rates for longer, i.e. sort of no chance of a rate cut anytime soon. So as we've been saying, all bullish for the dollar. Um, and as I've said, the pound, or sorry, the dollar has performed 
very well in the past couple of sessions, rallying against pretty much every other currency, with only a few exceptions. We're going to wrap things up now by talking about the central bank meeting that I believe was the hardest to call going into it, and that was Thursday's Bank of England meeting. And our expectations for UK interest rates went into overdrive following the disastrous mini-budget announcement from Liz Truss's government uh, a matter of a few weeks ago. Markets at one stage were pricing in, I think it was around about 135 basis points of hikes by this week's meeting. That, of course, moderated after these tax cuts were reversed and after the resignation of Truss herself. Uh, And markets were expecting a 75 basis point hike going into the meeting. And that is exactly what we got. Uh, The vote on rates was actually mildly hawkish. Seven of the nine committee members were in favour of a 75 basis point hike, with one favouring a 50 BP hike and another voting for a 25 BP one. But uh, the the communications were very dovish. According to the bank, further increases in rates may be required in order to bring inflation down the target. But uh, importantly, the bank said uh, that rates would be lower, likely to be lower than priced in by financial markets. Bailey reinforced this stance during the press conference, noting that interest rates, uh, increase in interest rates would not go too far. And on the UK economy, the BOE once again struck a very sombre note, saying that the outlook was challenging, while warning that the economy may already be in a recession, which could last until the middle of 2024. Now, that would be one of the longest recessions we've seen in the UK since records began. So all in all, very doom and gloom. Sterling has, has reacted by selling off below the 112 level on the US dollar. Um, and we wouldn't be surprised to see additional losses in the next sort of couple of days or so. Uh, so the Bank of England, what are your thoughts um, following Thursday's announcement and maybe your general views uh, on Sterling? I was pretty shocked, I have to admit. I mean, uh, I did not expect this. Such an unambiguous statement that the market was wrong and rates were too high, and that the Bank of England, the, the implicit admission that the Bank of England is willing to to let inflation rip, frankly, if in order to uh, pre- to prevent a recession or at least make it shorter, um, completely different line of communications from the Federal Reserve. Um, it could be that we're witnessing one of the many head fakes that the Bank of England has regaled us with this year. This wouldn't be the first time. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, uh, the apparently lack of concern, apparent lack of concern with inflation in the UK, which is, if anything, higher than in the US and much like in Europe, shows no sign of, of convincingly trending down. Uh, it's it's uh, clear negative for the currency. There's no other way to look at it. With regards to today's meeting, um, I think that this is basically an invitation to short sterling. Uh, I was not a big fan of currency when we last spoke of sterling, uh, and I think that today's meeting only confirms this view. Um, so if you want to be disappointed, uh, the Bank of England always finds a different reason to, to do it or, or to disappoint in a different way. And I think that uh, this was uh, quite clear today. Uh, I hope that uh, the UK um, economic situation will not be um, as uh, negative as the Bank of England is currently printing it to be. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, this is... Uh, 
this does not look good for Sterling. Yes, yeah, so it was a big disappointment, of course. Um, but I, I actually think that we got this one sort of largely right, at least in our in our Bank of England preview report. You know, we said that the MPC would put, push back against market pricing and disappoint expectations, and that's exactly what it did. It's, it has become a, a common trend for the MPC for, for a good number of months now, uh, and you know more so than pretty much every other G10 central bank, the Bank of England appears highly concerned with the possibility of a recession. I still think that their assessment is too pessimistic, but but clearly they are standing by this view. And that's, as we said, likely to limit hikes in 2023. And clearly that's a very bearish signal uh, for the pound. And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening. <laughs>